when things don't work. Whatever makes you feel the worst, focus on that. Figure out what your recipe is to take that, that one out of 10 and make it two out of 10 or four out of 10. And then when you feel 10 out of 10, do it again. Welcome to the Chelsea Pearson Podcast. I'm Chelsea, a wife, mom of two toddlers, a life and business coach, a network marketing professional with over a decade of experience in social sales and personal growth, and a long-form girl living in an Instagram story world. I am not going to limit myself to 140 characters any longer. So run, drive, work, clean your house, organize your closet. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. I've got some good stuff to share with you today. So keep listening if you want to learn how to find your recipe for success in your life, your finances, your business, your body, your happiness, the reflection you see in the mirror, your relationships around you. If you're looking in the mirror or you're looking at an element of your life and you're saying, I miss what once was or... I know what's possible. I'm just not living it out. You are so much closer than you think. It just takes slowing down a little bit and finding out what works. This episode is actually inspired by a conversation that I had with one of my best friends from college and we both had babies around the same time and of course are referencing back to that version of ourselves in college when we were totally open to doing whatever we want, whenever we want, and focused on figuring out who we were and having fun and looking good and feeling good. And it's really easy to go back to that place when you've had a massive lifestyle change or season shift, like becoming a parent, losing someone in your life, a career change, gaining a lot of weight, a health or relationship change, radically change the way that you see yourself or the way that you look at your everyday life. And she was just such an amazing reference point for me because we remember each other in that selfish season and that fun season and that youthful, nostalgic, good old days, time of our life. But we're also now you know, growing in parallel and navigating what it looks like to not have as much time and as much energy and as much youth and as much freedom and figuring out what it looks like on the other side of young kids. Now, I had two babies very close to each other. I misspoke earlier, but I I have kids who are 21 months apart. So we had our first son in 2020 and then because of the pandemic and the world changing so much and becoming parents in such an isolated and uncertain time, we made the decision to try to have another baby sooner rather than later because we didn't know what it would look like in terms of social interaction for our oldest son. Was preschools going to open? Could we go to the park? It was a really scary time to feel isolated and it was also a really scary decision to have a second child in such an uncertain time but we felt like it was the right move for us and we were we were lucky enough to get pregnant a little over a year after well a little 
a little after my son's first birthday. And because of that, I sort of had like back to back waves of postpartum and the massive changes in hormones and hair and body and sleep and lifestyle and time management. I just made the decision that I couldn't allow myself to get out of that place and then go back into that place because we were fortunate enough to be able to get pregnant so quickly. We were just going to be in this phase. We were going to be in the no sleep phase. We were going to be in the nursing phase. We were going to be in the diaper phase. We were going to be in the season of total dependence from our kids in those early years back to back. So as my friends were also starting to have kids and have their first, I was in this season where I had two. And I can't even imagine what it's like when you are a parent of multiples. I give you so much credit because it's just, it's double everything, which feels like triple or quadruple sometimes. But I hit low hard and I stayed down for longer. And I took a social media hiatus because I really had to find my identity again after. It's almost like a, a one-two punch. I love you boys. <laughs> but it was a one-two punch on my body and my identity and my routine. And because of that, it almost was like this vacuum on the other side where I was like, it's been far too long since I've felt like myself again. So I'm going all in and I'm finding her and I'm going to emerge on the other side of these two pregnancies that felt brutal and scary and totally transformative on me as a physical and mental body in the worst way, even though they were the greatest gifts that have ever happened to me. I was ready to find my, my better than before babies, better than before all of this stuff happened to me. And so as I'm talking to her and she's emerging out of her fog and figuring out who she is on the other side, I reminded her because I think it's really important to be transparent with the people that you're inspiring or you are supporting or you're there for or you're just walking alongside in life what's really going on behind the scenes like I'm never going to be the girl who will say that it's effortless for me if it's not effortless the transparency of like oh yeah I worked really hard to get to this place is very important to me just to set clear expectations and I told her you know, she she had noticed just from our conversations and seeing social media posts and texts back and forth. She's like, you are back. Like, you are back. And I feel like I don't know if, I don't know how to, to find me again. I don't know how to get back to that place because it feels like I'm drowning. And I reassured her, like, I have been working intentionally non-stop on the woman that I want to be and I'm finding me and I'm discovering a new level of her and I'm not obsessive in the sense that I'm critical or judging myself or isolating people or not having fun or resting or 
doing things that fulfill me. This is not beating myself into submission, but instead I am setting my goals clearly. None of this is an accident. All of this is reverse engineering who I want to be, how I want to show up, how I want to feel, and really sifting in between the things that I want and that I don't want. And I'm not doing it all at once. So today I want to share with you what that looks like, how I show up in each day and get the vision for what it is that I'm working on. And then once I know what the destination and what the end goal is, how I start to figure out in small incremental steps that I can repeat every single day, what's going to get me there? What is my recipe for that result? Now, like we talked about in episode two, when we take a life inventory, and if you need a refresher or you want to go through that process yourself, you can go to my website, chelseapearson.co, and click on the banner right in the front of the site that says how to take a life inventory. What we want to do is triage the bleeding. What hurts the most? What feels the worst? What makes you feel furthest from who you want to be? It's funny because our brains tend to dwell on those things when we're having really rough days. Like, oh, I, my, you know, this is obviously first world, but for me, as a mom whose body and hair and skin and hormones and sweat and everything changed after having two back-to-back babies, my physical appearance was a huge pain point for me. And I will be unapologetic about that because for so long, I denied that version of myself and focused so much on inner beauty and inner beauty. And it's not that this stuff matters. And the reality, my truth is that when I look good and I feel good, I show up in the world different. I work different. I move different. I am the best version of myself. And I was looking at the way that I was caring for my physical appearance. And there was actually this one day where I just felt like a shell of myself, totally sweaty and gross and covered in milk and seeing my reflection and knowing not that that's what my where my worth came from, but instead that I wanted more for myself and I deserved the respect of self-care and routine and I craved showing myself the love of maintaining a beauty routine that allowed me to feel my best. I still feel uncomfortable saying this just because of years and years and years and years of, I guess, trying to deny that that stuff is important to me. I feel good when I look good. I take bigger risks and I show up with more confidence and I I just love who I am when I look a certain way. But I started to stack all the things that went wrong. I had cystic acne through both of my pregnancies that left scars on my face. I, again, first world, but COVID pandemic, I didn't have a pedicure or a manicure. I felt like I was just like covered in sweat or milk and my 
body temperature was all off and I was smelling different and my hair was falling out and the texture of my hair changed so I couldn't color it in the same way. And I just felt so incredibly untethered to who I was and to who I wanted to be. And I felt like I was in this limbo of being so unhappy with how I was physically feeling and appearing. So I was crying and Rob could see that I was not, it wasn't that he expected me to be anything other than myself in such a crazy season and time of transition, but he could see, he could see something needed to change in me. And so he encouraged me, Hey, just like make a list of all the things you don't like, like your skin, you want laser hair removal, you feel like your nails look weird and you want to change the color of your hair because you can't bleach it anymore because it's falling out and like you need to figure out, just make a list of all the stuff that that hurts and sucks and feels so far from what your vision for how you look and how you show up and how you feel is going to look like. And what's crazy is when we're having those bad days, typically you don't want to be encouraged to make a list of all the things that are going wrong because you're stacking discouragement and frustration and self-judgment and blame and shame and guilt and fear and insecurity on top of each other. It's a snowball where you're like, and then I was late and then I had a flat tire and then they said this and then did you see what's happening on the news we can stack all these really tiny things, well, all these very varying levels of negative emotion and stress, and then it's this big mountain. Typically, that's not what we want to do if we're looking to transform and feel good about ourselves and overcome the things that are on our plate. But the reason that this activity, making a list of all the things that I didn't love about how I was feeling and how I was looking was so helpful is because until I name it, until I acknowledge that this thing is bothering me, it's going to be really hard for me to address it and then find a solution for it. And when you go into this process of listing all the things that aren't working with the goal to find a solution for every problem, you're not just stacking negativity or beating yourself up or even making a list of what's wrong. Instead, you're extracting this thing that bounces around in your brain and you don't slow down enough to actually say, this is bothering me. I need to do something about it. So it will start to occur again and again and again and again. And it's the same problem. Like it becomes this rock in your shoe. It becomes the software update that you keep saving for later on your phone or your computer that then pops up at the most inopportune and annoying moments. Let's slow down and let's get the rock out of your shoe so that if on bad days, all of these things start to stack on top of each other. Let's figure out what are the controllable elements that I can find a solution for so that, let's just say, 
you have 10 things that you can stack on top of each other that feel off about your body or your appearance or the way that you care for yourself. If we can take, if we can identify those 10 and then we can pick one of them and figure out a solution to that problem or bridge the gap between where you are and how you want to feel, then tomorrow you're only going to have nine things. And next week you're only going to have eight things. And all of a sudden you have this list in front of you, this list of goals that you may not set for yourself, like getting a manicure or a spray tan or figuring out a way to style your hair or a go-to outfit may not feel like the thing that is going to get you the promotion or fix your marriage or get you into therapy to really work through things that are traumatic or need to be healed in a professional sense. But believe it or not, it did it for me. It was one less thing that was in the way. It was one more thing that was working. It was one more habit that built my confidence and allowed me to develop my ability to follow through. And what I'm not saying is that a perfect manicure is the thing that's going to make you happier or healthier or more confident. This is such a subjective thing. I'm just being transparent about how when I elevate the way that I look, I feel better and I show up better and I do better. No, you don't have to alter your physical appearance to love yourself more. But what I found was caring for my physical appearance allowed me to love myself more. It was a way for me to prioritize myself and say, I deserve this and I'm worth this. If that hits for you, go for it. If that doesn't, there's something else that can build that sense of love and respect and self-care. And maybe it's not drinking or not smoking or not scrolling. The only person that can answer that is you. So the thing that hurts the most and sucks the most is what I want you to start with first. Focus on that and don't deviate. You don't have to do it all at once. Just like the different elements of your life and your business, pick the thing that is most frustrating. Where is the lag? Where is the bottleneck? Where is the negative emotion? What part of your daily routine is creating that frustration? What's not working? I'll give you a few practical examples. So I had a lot of grace with myself when it came to getting back into a fitness and nutrition routine and figuring out what my body looked like on the other side of two pregnancies. I had two C-sections. The first was an emergency section that was incredibly traumatic And the second one was a planned C-section because of the size of my babies and what went wrong in my first attempt at delivery. So I was healing from surgery. I couldn't jump back into things. I had some severe postpartum depression that hurt more than, than my physical discomfort of not exercising and feeling like my best self. And so I, just like I shared, prioritized the emotional stuff, the sleep, all of that first. But I used to get a lot of significance and have a lot of fun and feel just like I could creatively express myself by getting dressed and doing my hair and my makeup and wearing jewelry. And I remember 
back in college and back when I was a little bit younger and having all these opportunities to go to parties and even just dress up at work, I just felt like I could walk in my closet and, or just go, you know, go shopping online and buy an outfit, put on an outfit. And it just elevated my mood and the way that I showed up. Well, nothing fit. I had gained between 50 and 60 pounds with each one of my pregnancies, which is totally, you know, normal and great. And there's no judgment there, but the things in my closet were not working. My body was healing and my hips had changed. My bra size had changed. I was looking in my closet for that experience and for that version of myself of the past. And what worked before wasn't working. So I had to find my recipe for feeling good. And for me, it was a pair of these black yoga pants that were like very similar to the same feeling as Lululemon um, yoga pants. And they were like a fifth of the price on Amazon. And I'll link them in the show notes because I'm obsessed with them. I think I have 12 pairs and I'd wear them every single day. And when I put them on, I felt a little bit more like me again. It was really easy for me to put on a sweatshirt or a t-shirt or a flannel or a tank top or even dress it up a little bit if I was going out before I was able to put on jeans comfortably. That was my go-to feel good. It allowed me to feel the best in this season. And what I learned from those black yoga pants was that in the moment when I put them on, I felt a little bit more like me. I felt a little bit more confident. I felt a little bit more beautiful. I felt a little bit more supported. I felt a little bit more motivated to move in the direction toward my goals. Now, you probably have a pair of jeans or an outfit like that. I'm not saying look at your entire closet. I'm not saying do an overhaul. What is that one item that brings you to that place? And if you don't have that one item of clothing, these yoga pants are it. Sorry, guys, but girls, these yoga pants are it. Um, That is something that is getting in the way of you showing up professionally, personally, In this season of your life, what hurts the most might be when you wake up and you look in your closet and everything doesn't feel right. Find the one thing that does and repeat it. That is your recipe. Another example was, this sounds so silly, but coffee in the morning. I used to eyeball what I'd put in my coffee. I mentioned it before, Italian sweet cream coffee mate is like my favorite. I'm working on not drinking it, but as a new mom, coffee was everything. And there were days where I would make it and I'd put in all this effort and I didn't put enough creamer or I put too much or it wasn't the heat that I wanted. And It just was like, it was an inconsistent thing that when it was done right, it brought so much joy and comfort and oh, I was obsessed with it. It just was a part of my day when things were crazy and there was diapers and milk and incisions and no sleep that brought me this this respite and this pocket of peace that made me feel like me again. 
So as opposed to me trying to just hope that every single day I could create that experience for myself, I decided to measure out exactly how many teaspoons of coffee mate were going to get me to that place and pick that one mug and not worry about all the things, but instead find the recipe for my perfect cup of coffee in the morning. And you better believe since I did that every single morning, my coffee is consistent and perfect and it works. That's my recipe. Another example, I am a dancer. I started dancing when I was two or three years old. I studied ballet, hip hop, tap, modern, jazz, you name it. I went to college and started pursuing a degree in dance. Secretly, I wanted to be a Knicks dancer more than in a ballet company. And if I was not pregnant or postpartum during the TikTok boom of 2020, I would have been that girl all over every single TikTok dance trend because movement to me is, it's effortless. It is exciting. It is energizing. Like I, when, when music is on and I can move my body, I just go to a different place and I notice that about myself. So if you have something that takes you and elevates you and brings you to this euphoric place where you feel like I could do this forever, this feels so good, I love this so much, that's part of your recipe. And I stumbled upon these mega mixes from all these incredible DJs on YouTube. I'll link those in the show notes as well. And when I put these mixes on, everything just got lighter and I started to feel fun and happy and excited and I would move my body without judgment and without thinking about exercise. I just, my problems would go away and it would just, I felt like me again. And so that became the playlist or the mega mix or the YouTube link that unlocked that part of me. That's part of my recipe. And you have music that does that to you, that gives you access to certain thoughts and certain feelings that you may not realize is available to you at any point. But if you can start to compile a playlist or find that link or find that song or find that mix that lifts you up or makes you move or makes you feel a certain way that you want to feel that is your recipe. Repeat it. Something else that I did, and again, it's back to fashion. It's back to showing up the way that I want to appear to the world and to myself when I look in the mirror. I started to put together as my body was evolving certain colors and certain looks and certain outfits that made me take myself more seriously and feel incredible and smile bigger and show up brighter. And as opposed to just letting myself have that day and have that look, I'd snap a picture of my favorite outfit once I put it together. And I have a photo album in my phone of outfits that just feel good. So when I'm in my closet, of course, we all follow, you know, influencers or there's Pinterest boards, if you're into fashion, that put outfits together. But I don't own all those pieces and I don't necessarily want to shop more and have more stuff in my closet. But when I use what I have 
and then I document the recipe for that outfit, I can repeat it again effortlessly with no extra effort. I knew what I wanted my hair to look like. I decided if not now, when? If When, when am I going to look the way that I want to look? When am I going to feel like I deserve to invest in myself in this way? And I I've always wanted really long, really beachy, highlighted, somewhat natural, but also elevated, gorgeous, long hair. And I wanted it to be low maintenance. And I knew I couldn't bleach the crap out of my hair and I couldn't do what I was doing to it before. And I didn't have time to style it. And so I started looking up solutions for low maintenance hair and extensions and things that work with my hair texture. And you sh- you could ask Rob, I've tried every heatless curler that there is and slow and steady. Nope, not for me. No, that didn't work. That looks like a perm. This is crazy. This is inconsistent. And I finally landed on this heatless curler that gives me the most beautiful effortless waves with zero heat. And you better believe every single night I now have a recipe for my hair because it was an utter mess when the texture was changing and I couldn't color it. And the recipe that didn't work before or that worked before stopped working, I needed a new recipe for that version of myself. I get a lot of questions about the way that I eat and my nutrition and I offer support and options and meal plans, whether you want something more structured and really like to track what you're eating or you have a more intuitive approach and don't want as much restriction that I offer to my clients. But the real bottom line about what works for my nutrition is I don't focus on what I'm not getting. I don't focus on what I don't love. I don't eat things that don't bring me joy. I find my breakfast. I find my lunch. I find my dinner. And I do it again and again and again and again. And as opposed to feeling like I have to try all the things or I have to do this advanced meal plan or focusing on the things that I don't get to eat. Instead, I focus on the things that I love and I find my recipe for all of the different meals in my day. And then I don't feel like I'm missing out at all. I'm obsessed with what I'm eating and I do it from a place of pleasure and satisfaction and self-love. I literally have a recipe and have found my recipe for my recipes. Now, I was the kind of person for the last, I'd say 30 30 years, where a framework and consistency and restraint felt like torture and it felt like it was going to limit what was possible. My creativity, my spontaneity, my love for freedom, my love to try new things. And the reality is that a framework and a recipe like this is freedom. A meal plan is freedom. The formula for your favorite coffee, that playlist that you absolutely love, just because you have a consistent method doesn't mean you're not able to introduce new and more and different and change. Instead, what it does is it gives you this consistent certain baseline that when I go to this breakfast or when I do this thing or when I wear this outfit, 
it's a foundation that I can build on, that I can expand upon, that I can stand on. What's really interesting is as human beings, we all want security and we also want variety. We want certainty and uncertainty. And when you find your recipe for the things that aren't working, it's just a starting line. It's just the security and the certainty that when you go to this thing, this outfit, this strategy, this technique, it works. It doesn't have to be the only way. It certainly won't be the only way, but this is where we start. Because of my online business and the things I've learned about finances, I have been credit card and student loan debt free since I was about 24 years old and paid off probably $150,000 in credit card debt, student loan debt, car debt. And learning how to budget was something that unlocked everything for me once I realized that when I allocated enough for my business taxes and expenses and overhead, then my bills, my investments, and I used the give, save, spend philosophy I was able to set financial goals and income goals in my business with more clarity. I was able to pay all of my bills and get ahead of interest accruing and really have a sober and clear perspective on where I actually was financially and lived below my means. And then what was left over was fun. And there was no guilt and there was no shame and there was no stress and there was no kicking the can down the road. I had the security and the certainty of showing up with responsibility and love and respect toward myself by putting first things first. And then what would, what was left over could be pure, unadulterated, fun, pleasure, do what I want, buy what I want. And of course, in the beginning, that was not... A lot of money. The same concepts can be applied to these areas of your life where, no, you don't have to wear the same outfit every day or listen to the same playlist or read the same book or do the same hairstyle or make your coffee the same way or work your business the same way or post the same way or eat the same meal. But if it's not working now, And this one recipe allows you to start to feel better and turn toward the direction of who you want to become and what you want to create. Work what works until you find what else works. I was telling my girlfriend who prompted this whole topic and conversation, find your hot errands outfit. (laughs) We used to go... um, getting her civic and go for iced coffee runs and go to, you know, the store and get groceries and, you know, just run errands together as college roommates. And we always, I don't know, wanted to look cute and be seen. And, um, you know, it was that time in our lives where we were single. And what I'm realizing is that version of myself is not reserved for single Chelsea. As a mom, more than ever, I want to go on a hot girl walk or, Put on a hot Aaron's outfit. What is your Aaron's outfit? And, you know, for her and I, there's very small pockets of time. I remember 
being like, I got to go to Walgreens by myself without a baby in the car. And I went in the skincare aisle and I looked at all the different products and like, I just tried new makeup and listened to, you know, the 2000s hip hop playlist that I love and didn't even worry about it. And there wasn't Cocoa Melon. And like that moment and that season of life is 10 out of 10. So when you feel 10 out of 10, do it again. Find the variables and the elements that can recreate that recipe for yourself when you have the time to be that person or do that thing. And even better, when you start to build more freedom for yourself and your time and your schedule and your capacity, schedule the hot errands outfit and the, and the hot girl walk. In my work, I think about, I love this candle. I love this pen. I love this journal. When, when I get dressed in the morning, I love this color on me. I love this bracelet. I love when my phone is charged. Notice when you feel 10 out of 10 and do it again. I love this version of me. I love who I am when I'm with you. I love when I listen to this podcast. I love what this does to me. I love how I show up when X, when Y, when Z. That is your recipe towards taking the next step and evolving into the person that you know is either back there to rediscover or ahead of you in your future that is brimming with potential. And on the other side of these small recipes that you notice when things don't work, whatever makes you feel the worst, focus on that. Figure out what your recipe is to take that that one out of 10 and make it two out of 10 or four out of 10. And then when you feel 10 out of 10, do it again. Thank you for spending your time with me today on this episode of the Chelsea Pearson podcast. I can't wait to hear what made an impact or what you want to hear next. You can let me know on Instagram or in your internet browser at chelseapearson.co. Drop the M. Dotcoms are overrated anyway. And you'll find so many more ways to learn, links to explore, and ways to work together. And if you could take a moment and share this with a friend who needs to hear this message or leave a rating and review, it would mean the world. Check out the show notes for everything mentioned in this episode today and have a great day. You are enough. You are loved. You are just getting started. Life only gets better from here.